Good morning, afternoon, evening, as I always say to you. I'm not sure where in the world you're listening from, you're watching from, but this is Canute Exploration, your topic in a podcast. I am Dr. Canute White, yet another episode for you. Informative, entertaining, and um, you, you will never know what we will come with each week because we usually have some information for you that you would need, if not today, tomorrow, if not you really, your relatives, your friends, and you know, someone who, who you will meet someday would want to, to get some information that you will be, be armed with as you listen to Canute Exploration, your topic in a podcast. Today, I'll be talking to a very special guest. Those of you who have decided to start a business during this pandemic we know the challenges with the pandemic many persons are becoming entrepreneurs these days right but how do you market your stuff though how do you become a good salesperson how do you sell your brand or do you sell you as a brand right a professor of marketing will be talking to to me um today on canute exploration and um he he has a wealth of knowledge and he is an author as well and he will be able to provide you with the necessary information that um, you'd want to, to even become a professional marketer, professional salesperson, if you're thinking about that. For most of us, we cannot sell. I cannot sell anything. I will try, but it just never works, right? But um, Prof will tell us about it, right? So I'd just like to invite Prof into, now, into the, the, the league now. Um, Prof, how are you doing, sir? Um, I'm doing Kurt. great, Dr. Knut. How are you? I'm good. Kurt, right? Um, I, I, I should have asked you before. Pronounce that last name for me, Prof. Oh, it's it's, <laughs> it's Tufert in Tuesday. Kurt Tufert. Tufer. Did I get that? Yes, you did. Okay, thanks, Prof. I, I got an A for that, right? That's right. All uh, right, Prof. A. <laughs> nice, nice. I love that. Who is Kurt um, Tufer? No. Who, who, who are you really? Tell us about you. Good question. Good question. You know, uh, I, uh, I my day job, if you will, is the vice president of sales development for a large uh, billion-dollar corporation. I, I help our sales teams and marketing move that message further into the customer base. Uh, I'm an author, a professor at the University of Houston, professional speaker, uh, recently married, and Ooh, um, recently discovered my love for scuba diving. So there's just a lot going on. Right. A lot of recent, Prof. Um, yeah. Congrats for all those recents. Love it. Love it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right, Prof. So I, I, I love to, to, to kind of ask my, my guests this question. A lot of them shy away from it. But I'm hoping that you will not. Tell us a bit about your childhood. I certainly will. You know, my parents are German and they came over right after World War II. My father fought in the German Navy and uh, we didn't hear much about his uh, stories, if you will. They came across to America right after World War II, made something of themselves in the, um, in the California area. And that was the good part about growing up. And the bad part about growing up is uh, both of my parents had a, a pretty bad challenge with um, alcohol. Both of them were alcoholics. And they passed away at an early age. So I would say a lot of my growing up was by myself, trying to be the parent. Uh, so it wasn't the easiest, the childhoods, but I won't hold that against me. And uh, I learned right, to live yeah. through that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. You see, we as it is said, we we don't really pick the family, the, the setting, the childhood that we will have, right? We just have to go through the, the, the process, right? And um, we can't blame ourselves. All of us, most of us, I have had challenging childhood, right? But um that's how it is. That's how it is, bro. All right, but besides that. What what are what are some of the messages from your inspirational messages from your childhood? If there are one more. of the things I learned uh, is is self reliance. That if I needed to get something done, I had to do it myself. That that's a great trait to bring into the business world when you want to start a company and you want to sell. It's also a little bit challenging when you want to trust other people. I was inspired by doing things on my own, but sometimes I took that a little too far. And I wouldn't ask for help. I wouldn't ask for any team building. So uh, I could be the leader of the team sometimes, but I didn't like being just part of the team. So whether that's inspirational, motivational, or just you know falling falling on my face, I, I use those experiences from my childhood as I and made it into my. Yeah, that's that's critical, Prof. That's critical. You're listening to Kenyut White, Doctor Kenyut White. I am on with you as per norm. And can you exploration your topic in a podcast? Talking to um, Professor Kurt, I'd like to call him at this time. Uh, Prof, I always shy away from some of these names that I that my guests have, right? So sometimes I will just mention it once, and then I move away from from <laughs> from the difficult name. So Professor Kurt, if you may, um, you know. So I'm sitting in with Professor Kurt. But one of the things I'd like to, to ask him as I follow up on his childhood, um, if you could go back to your younger self, younger Kurt, what advice would you give that person? Great question. What a wonderful qu question to reflect on. If I could go back to my younger self, what advice would I give me? I would say you don't have to rely 100% on yourself. There are other people in your community, in your village, in your circle that can help. You just got to ask for the help. If you don't ask for the for the help, you won't get the help. And that can cause all, all kinds of anger and frustration. And I suspect that you'd give that to um, those Kurt out there that, at that young age. Because, Prof, you, you would appreciate that there are some, some persons out there who are um young youths children out there who reflect who we were as children so i suspect that you'll be telling those young kurt no uh, that as well right so i'm hoping that they're here exactly it's 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 almost impossible today to know everything mm -hmm. we've got technology we've got so yeah. many resources yeah. i would say to that younger kurt ask grab the resources work with other people surround yourself with people who are better than you are smarter than you are more talented and you'll grow up into those people if you surround yourself with people who are less than you they'll just drag you down and uh, that's not positive no yeah, yeah i agree prof and as you said that i i i just wonder as as the, the motivator who motivates the motivator because sometimes we motivate others but we need the doctor too the doctor needs a doctor i am a psychotherapist and and i'm not ruling out needing a psychotherapist at times because all of us go through our challenges right so so who motivate the motivators great question doctor 
I've got a band of brothers. I have men that hold me accountable. Uh, we meet on a regular basis and we share some of our struggles, our dreams, our victories. And when I start going off the path, they come alongside me and they can speak truth into my life. I've given them the permission to call me out when I'm being a jerk, to call me out when I'm uh, not, when I'm neglecting the things I need to do because I get so focused. And they're also there to celebrate with me when wins happen. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I, I had a guest who talked about a panel, a personal um, panel that we need to have. Somebody who will give us um, constructive criticism, not necessarily destructive, and um, will hold us accountable you know, for our actions. And, and we, can, we can actually um, dismiss persons from that panel if we are not, you know, <laughs> like you know, like if we do not like those persons to continue on the panel, what do and, you think about that sort of thing? That sort of you know, I love I love what you said because there are times when certain people come into your life, and there are certain times when people go out of your life. And for that panel or for that band of brothers that I have, right. there are some guys who have come alongside me, but they didn't finish the journey. They came alongside during a season. And then they went away, and that was okay. That was that was their purpose. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. You know, a lot of times we might not want people to leave, but um, they come for a season. They come for a purpose. We need to 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 just you know accept what we we got from them and and move on. What do you see though as a major challenge challenges um, for that matter for a salesperson um, in the next five years? What a, what a great question. That, that is such a great question because I work with salespeople in all different industries. The challenges in the next 60 months, in the next five years, surrounds technology. There's so much technology out there that would maybe allow us to be a little less communicative. We can't communicate. We don't build those relationships. And so sometimes technology is our friend because it can help us in our job. And sometimes it's our foe. It's our enemy because it prevents us from building those relationships. So I would say salespeople who wanna be effective and efficient in the next 60 months or five years, they need to master the art of building relationships and use technology. You, 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 you build relationships with people and you use technology. You don't use people and build relationships with technology. Very, very interesting. You know, use people and build relationship with technology. Very, very interesting. I love that. I love that. I, I will always remember that and, and salespersons need to remember that. But what is your greatest weakness, greatest challenge? And oh, have you overcome that as a salesperson? As a sales professional, my greatest weakness is not being able to listen with both my ears when someone is talking. I try to think in my mind, what the answer could be. And I need to be able to listen, take notes, and then be able to be present with those customers instead of just waiting for my chance to pitch my product. But, but um, Prof, we, we have to be, I'm not a salesperson. I'm not, you know, um, privy to the information you have, the knowledge that you have in terms of marketing and the sales. But for me, and for many of us, um, you know, many of the listeners, those listening on their favorite podcast platform, and watching on YouTube, etc. We it's hard to sell. We cannot sell anything, prof. It just never happened. What's going on? Well, I think we're we're not selling ourselves. 
into the relationship, into the customer building. We're trying to sell the product that we maybe we don't even believe in the product or service that we're selling. And, and so we're having a disconnection with the person that we're talking to because we don't believe ourselves. We certainly don't believe the product. I think the first step is you got to believe yourself that you can do this and you're willing to learn the skills to connect with people. Once that person understands and trusts you and builds that rapport, then you can be invited to tell that person, share with that person, whatever product and services you're trying to sell them. But first, we've got to build that bridge before we can cross that bridge with all of our product knowledge. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you have to build that rapport. Um, but, but, but Prof, this, this question um, comes to mind as you talk, because you know in life, you know, as, as a psychologist, I, I realize that not everybody will like me. Not everybody will like you, Prof, right? But when you approach someone um, to sell something or even the marketing boardroom and, and there are persons there who, who just perhaps just don't take on to you or there's this, that, this, this um, sort of admirable relationship is not going on, um, what, what, what can you do as a salesman to bridge that? Oh, you know, there's a, there's a, this sounds very corny, very American, um, yeah. but it's, it's called SW, SW, SW next. And okay. let me break it down. Yeah. Some will, some won't. Okay. So what next? Yeah. We've got to understand that we're not going to connect with 100% of the people that we interact with. Right. Some people will just not like us because of our skin color, our yeah. accent, um, yeah. all of those things. Yeah. And it's, I'm tired of trying to convince somebody who's not willing to be changed. Yeah, <laughs> and I agree. I agree, and perhaps that's what makes it so difficult for some of us to sell. But um, you know, we we we're learning the the ins and outs. But but why must why must um you be successful in sales development? If if you're selling, if you're in a sales position, you've got to be successful in sales development to move the message into the process. If you're just a person, you've got to be well skilled in sales development because we're selling ideas to each other we're selling wants dreams desires if you have a relationship with someone uh you're selling where do you want to go on vacation how much do we need to spend do we want to see your friends this weekend what movie do you want to go to what do you want to eat i don't know what do you want to eat so yeah. so in a sense we're selling when we're building relationships because we're trying to share our point of view with another person and they have to either accept it, reject it, or at least embrace it and, 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 and move on. Yeah. Prof, on my show, um, many things are taboo, but this thing about sex is not taboo. Sex sells and, and you're in marketing. And when you look at the, in the media, even selling a pack of cigarettes, it will have this sex appeal. You know, selling newspaper, it will have this sex appeal. What's going on there? Why is it that sex has to be drawn into the, 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 the whole marketing um, strategy? There's a lot of uh, different conversations around that, that maybe uh, men are more visual than women. And so there's a, there's a sexual nature with... Uh, things that are taboo, skin, revealing certain things, maybe a low top or a high skirt or whatever that would be, whether you're selling fertilizer 
or insect repellent. You use an attractive person doing that, it sells. And it's, I, I think what we're finding is, as we grow more and more in technology and we seem to be blending all kinds of different stereotypes from male, female to, to all the different things, that sex sells message may get watered in the future as people are just more tech savvy, more driven, uh, and the tools and the technology is right there at your fingertips, right on your phone to make a decision, click a button, and have something delivered, and you're not even using the uh, sex sells message to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So technology, the, the, this advancement of technology will actually change the dynamics of sales eventually. And it's happening. But, but um, what, what, what you're implying then, Prof, is that you're expecting perhaps, well, all of us are expecting perhaps in the next 10 years, technology to, to, to shift further in advancement. Right. And, and yes. you're thinking that that sales will be changed. The whole marketing dynamics will be changed and become more um, conducive to the environment, become less dependent and, and sex and, and certain other factors that that need to drive sales. And in, in that process, doctor, yes. other other triggers will become very attractive that we haven't even discovered yet. Yes. And those will be marketed and taken advantage of. One of the triggers could just be sheer convenience. I, I can have food delivered to my door using DoorDash. Yeah. I can have a movie streamed to my television using Netflix. Mm -hmm. There's so many things, and, and I'm not using sex to sell that. I'm using yeah. convenience. Yeah. Sit there, do nothing, and the world will come to you. Now, maybe they'll wrap that up in a in a muscular man or a, a yeah. or a sexy woman, yeah. but I think people are just going to trade convenience. And efficiency yeah. for that. Yeah, and I agree with you 100%, um, Prof. As a professor, though, teaching sales and marketing for a major university, as you are doing, um, why should students take your class? Your class, aren't they? Let me say, your class, which is very important, but any sales and marketing class. The beauty, of, the beauty of my class is I've been selling for 30 years. I make it fun. So the students who come to my class, they have an education that they get, and they get it in a fun manner. They get content because I, I do this for a living. Why should anyone take a sales and marketing class? Because we all sell. We all market. And it's all about relating to other people. And so the primary function of sales is the connection with one human being to another. And, and I think any student, engineering, to accounting, to health, to to any of those uh, disciplines would benefit from a sales class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 you know, I I I was a professor as well. I, you know, I've taught at the university level, psychology, management, and so on. And um, I, you know, my students think that I I send them too many things at night. Sometime at one o'clock, I'll be sending things to the emails. And you know, <laughs> are you that sort of professor? Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> I get yeah, a great yeah. idea. I send it to the list, and and these students say you over communicate. I said, well, at least I, I got that too. <laughs> I got that too. But we are good professors. Okay, you're an author as well, and yes. um, that's that's important. I want you to tell me about your book. But yes. but um, before that, as an author, why did you write um five? The book name is Five Stones for for Slaying Giants. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Why did you write that? Tell me about the book as well. well as a professional speaker doing that full-time, 
it was one of those ideas where you have a book, you can sell at the front of the room, you can sell it at the back of the room. It becomes a signature of who you are. Yeah. And I chose Five Stones for Slaying Giants because I like the David and Goliath story. Yeah. And David went and he slayed Goliath using a smooth stone, but he picked up five stones mm -hmm. because Goliath had four brothers. And so David thought, if I take out Goliath, his four brothers might come after me. And the five stones I talk about are passion, excellence, vision, value, mm -hmm. and confidence. Those mm -hmm. five stones will help anyone slay any giant in front of them. Professor, you have to tell me a bit, a little about these five stones. Okay. So let's just say that you're you're having a bad week, a bad month. It's 2021. You're in the midst of COVID. You're in the midst of launching a company or a product. You got to have passion for what you do. Obviously, the people who are listening and viewing your show, doctor, see your passion. Yeah. Passion is great. It's one of the stones yeah. you have to have. You also have to have excellence because yeah. passion left alone by itself is just crazy motivation. And if you motivate an idiot, you, you, you get a motivated idiot. <laughs> if you have excellence, like yeah. you, you perfect your craft. So passion and excellence are two stones. David had the passion to take mm -hmm. out the giant, but he also was very good at using that, uh, that ancient weaponry called a sling. And he could place that stone in the forehead of Goliath. So passion and excellence work together. Passion, excellence, vision. Mm. Where are you going to go? Where do you see yourself in three years, in 60 months? What is the vision that you have? Ancient script says, without vision, the people perish. Yeah. In sales, you've got to have a vision. The fourth stone is value. What is the value that you're adding to the marketplace? Um, there is a, a great book, The Greatest Salesman in the World by Og Mandino. And one of the scrolls in his book is that I will multiply my value 100 times. Mm. All of the education that you have had, your, your upbringing in, in Jamaica, coming to America, all of your stories, that is what adds value to the yeah. communication and the, and the people that you interact with. Yeah. And with passion, excellence, vision, value, you get confidence. Hey, and, yeah. and with that confidence, you can get up and sell the next day. When that person says no, you just get up and find the next person. Some will, some won't. So what next? Cool. I love that. You're listening to Ken Youth Exploration, your topic in the podcast. I'm Dr. Ken Youth White, sitting in with Professor Kurt. Where, where are you, Professor? Um, which, which state are you in? Houston, Texas. Oh, you're in Texas. Oh, cool. Great. You know, he's in Texas and he's um, one hour ahead of us. No, we are hour ahead of you here in Florida. You're right. one hour ahead. So you, you right. get all the news before we do. You're <laughs> one hour in the future. Great, great. I'll ensure that I leave some of those news for you. You know, the news are sometimes a challenge. You know, stressful. No, just tell me what the lottery tickets are for tomorrow, Doc. I hear you. That is, that is better. That will, that will bring you some money. <laughs> all right, Prof. Prof, the, the, the next question I'd like to ask you, though, what are the fundamental skills most new salespersons lack? Because a, a lot of salespersons, they're going to sales, they, they might be a bit nervous. I know that they're training, you're training in your, your course, right? But yes. going there on the road, going there in to meet the customers, right? You know, it can be a nervous experience. There's two fundamental skills, doctor. The first fundamental skill is listening. 
We have one mouth and we have two ears, and we should use those in proportion. We should listen more than we talk. Yeah. And the best way to do that is with the second skill, the art of asking great questions. Great salespeople ask great questions and then they shut up and listen. Amateur, weak salespeople just talk, 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 and they don't ask questions. They don't engage their, their, their other people. And so I think those are the two skills, listening and asking questions. So um, the, this question to the, to the um, prospective uh, buyer, can you afford it? Is that a good question? It, it depends on what you're selling. Um, okay. Who other than yourself needs to be here to make a decision? Oh, okay. How do you go about creating a budget? Are these types of purchases in your maintenance budget or your capital budget? <laughs> All different questions that can't be answered with a yes or a no, but it'll give oh, yeah. you the answer if you can afford it or not. Oh, so that is when you pack up when you're not getting the appropriate answers. Um, that... <laughs> I love no that. Reason. I love that. If, if they don't have money, if they don't have a desire, if they're not the decision maker, it's a great conversation, but it gets you no commission. Right. You cannot sue somebody who, 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 who well, it's not wise to sue somebody who cannot pay any at all. <laughs> wow. <get> <laughs> that's a great, that's a great slogan. I like that cliche. Yeah. Right, Prof. So, you know, that, that's important. I love that. If you had it to do all over again, Prof, what would you do differently? I'm still learning the art of asking great questions and the art of listening. I would do those better and I would follow up. There's a cliche that says the fortune is in the follow-up. Following up with your conversation, with your promise. Let's say you sold somebody something. Follow up to see how it's working. Is it the right thing? Does it fit? Does it make sense? Is it solving the problem? Those follow-up calls are crystal clear to getting into the next sale. Mm -mm. And you know, you have said that we don't call names around here, but there's this big sales company where we buy things online. You will get stuff. I mean, they sell for other people, right? Third party. But you'll get stuff and the stuff just not good. You can return it. However, some some of these um, um, sellers, vendors would follow up, with, you know, follow up and thing. But, but my thing is, Prof, for that instance that I just mentioned, there are times when vendors just don't care. We sell already. We, you, you have it. So I have my money. Well, sometimes they pack in so much money into the product that it's cost them more money to take it back. Yeah. And so if it doesn't work, if it doesn't fit, if it's not the right color, just keep it. I've already made the I've made well well into 100% profit, 200% profit, and I can yeah. afford to let you keep it. Yeah, yeah. I and I understand that. Let the buyer beware is, is a legal term in, in the in the in the British law, English law, I suspect it's the same in the American law. Um, you know, the buyer need to be aware. So those of you listening to Can Youth Exploration, your topic in the podcast, those of you watching, um, beware what you buy though. And um have a conversation. I'm happy that prof is here now, but have a conversation with the salesperson, have a serious conversation. The salesperson is there to sell. That's his job, and and you know he he, he does it honestly, 
right? And and you must make a decision to buy and a wise and honest decision to buy. Professor, am I saying it right? Yes, you are. It, it, as long as you qualify the person, are they the person who can make a decision and do they have a need for your product or service? Yeah. If they don't have a need, then you're just having a conversation and, and, and you're not doing the job well because many people don't have a need. If, if, if I don't have um, a problem with my eyesight, I don't need glasses. Right. Um, if I don't have a payroll, I don't need a payroll service. Mm-hmm. And so stop trying to sell me on something I don't need, want, or desire. There are plenty of people out there who will want what you're selling. You just have to be smart about finding where those people are. What color is the fish you're looking for in that giant ocean? Yeah, Prof, in academia, we'll say no no question is a stupid question, but maybe this is a stupid question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What is the best thing to sell? What is the best commodity, you know, to get out there if you have a choice? That's a great question. The best thing to sell, uh, time. (laughs) <laughs> tell I mean, me what Amazon you mean, sells time. okay i mean you get it delivered the same day or the very next day or in two days that's a time savings wow, i don't have to get that. up and go to the store <laughs> christmas is coming i don't have to go and 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 get accosted by people i don't have to wear a mask mm-hmm. amazon's selling me time i get my time back doordash yeah. i get my food i get my time back it's i think we're moving into this this, this idea when we can shift and say that's one of the things we can sell that it's an immediate return on investment. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. I love that. I was looking for that answer, but I love that answer. And you know, Prof, that I was looking for that answer. But I love that answer. And it, it taught me something. And you're, you're really right. Um, time, convenience, and so on. It's, it's critical. And people are choosing that. Uh, many of us will sit at the computer and we buy from a pin to an anchor online, <laughs> right? But um, this question, though, Prof, um, what are your top four books to recommend? Well, it, it, I would say in my personal life, I've got so many books. In fact, you can just see a little bit of a library behind me. Oh, yeah. If it's a sales book, um, you know, I would say Hope is Not a Strategy is, is a sales book. Um, I would say from a more of a spiritual type book i would say a wild at heart from john eldrich would be a book of that nature dale carnegie's how to win friends and influence people phenomenal Uh book and then of course stephen covey's seven habits for highly effective people anybody could read those books pick up a tool pick up a talent and then immediately apply that to their life and change it for the better doesn't require a lot of work. It just requires a little bit of discipline. To be a doctor, mm-hmm. you didn't do that overnight. It was just good habits applied yeah. over time. And the next thing you know, you work hard to, yeah. to achieve such a wonderful status. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. Um, this this book about the cheese, the mouse and the cheese, that's it? Who moved my cheese? Who yeah. moved my cheese? Yeah, I read it once. Um, you know, and, and you know, you know, prof. As a as, as a part of academia myself, I I realize that there are a number of books. We we actually ask our students to read them, but the students will not necessarily see face value the importance of the book for the course. But but it's it's saying something. 
the book the book teaches something the book is beneficial to the course right so who moved my cheese what is what is that saying when i first read that book i you know i wonder really what is this saying but it's saying something and our students need to understand the importance of reading even outside of the discipline to 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 understand what's going on within the discipline and and what a great i mean dr spencer who wrote who moved my cheese it's simple whatever got you here won't get you there yeah and so he uses the analogy of writing graffiti on the walls and having those people just waiting for the cheese waiting for the cheese waiting for the cheese and it moved and i think you know you could cross into sales with that book tragically you could cross into politics with that book we won't go there but there's just a lot <laughs> yeah there's just a lot of direct application to teenagers yeah. look you know you, you education isn't just going to show up the cheese won't show up every day in education it's going to move you got to move with it the the industry the, the careers the the business world will not settle for i didn't get a college degree and then pretty soon i didn't get a master's degree and you can't just cry and say, well, nobody showed me. Hey, it's right there. If, if you're in America, education is at your fingertips. That's yeah. the cheese. Yeah. And I love that, Prof, because I often say to, to individuals who said to me, um, hey, why do I need a bachelor's? Why do I need a master's? Why do I need to educate myself? There's no job out there for me. But I always say to them, be prepared. You never know when the job will appear and you will not be ready. Bingo. Exactly. Got it, Got it Prof. Hey, Prof, your contact information. What, what, what do you do outside of, of, of um, professorship? Um, do you want people to contact you to have seminars, um, you know, workshops? Absolutely. You, you know, right now, I would say that my best contact is LinkedIn. It's a great social media platform. It's professional. My last name is pretty unique, T-U-E-F-F-E-R-T. You type that into Facebook or LinkedIn, you'll get me. And uh, we could talk, we can exchange ideas. I do get the opportunity to travel and speak and to teach and to train. And so uh, I would look forward to helping any way I can. Right. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And I'll continue to spread um, your message and, and, and the fact that even though I'm not, you know, I'm afraid to, to sell things, I, I just never make it with that. But I, I will definitely look at some of what you have and um, try to see if I can become a better salesperson, marketer um, for myself, for my brand. Right. Um, through listening to you. Right. Professor, it's, it's, it's really a, a pleasure talking with you, you know, a, a fellow academia and um, the, the fact that um, you, you have um, done so much to, to introduce marketing to, to, to students and to, to the world, you know, to other persons. And, um, you know, I'm expecting to hear a lot more from you and um, more books, Prof, more books. <laughs> you got it. All right. Thank you, doctor. We'll more, do that. More books. All right. So I will talk to you. Um, thanks for coming to Can You Exploration, your topic in the podcast. Um, Thank you. See you. So that was Professor Kurt. Um, he has so much to offer. He, he is such a shining light as it relates to, to marketing and sales. Um, you know many of us are afraid to sell, and I, I have alluded to that. And, and, and Professor is one of those persons out there who, who will encourage us to, to market, yeah, to sell. To, to get involved in marketing, get involved in that profession, right? Because it is a good profession and, and it is beneficial. It, I, I want to think that um, promotion, marketing is important 
for every organization and therefore what professor is doing is critical to the development of businesses and and society and um uh, uh, before i leave i want to to remind you that we're in a pandemic wear your mask keep your social distance and the hygiene thing i i said wash your hands but it's more than washing your hands right um the, the hygiene thing i would like to call it right make sure that you get that um, um done in jamaica we'll say make sure you have that lock right so so ensure that you you um take your vaccine i'm encouraging it i'm not telling you to do that because i understand the challenges with some people not wanting to do so i've done my my pfizer so i'm encouraging you to do that i am dr kenyut white this was kenyut exploration your topic in a podcast and we will talk again goodbye Thank you.